Hey everyone, welcome to the Motivated to Inspire podcast. My name is Jamafu, the founder of MotivatedInspire.com. Thank you for tuning in today as we continue our series about the giants in the promised land. Today we're doing the second last of the seven giants that we've covered. We've done already five of them and we've got two more to go. So today is the second last one that we're covering. So we've come a long way and uh, I hope you've stuck with us from the first day to to hear about the other enemies. But if not, be sure to catch up and go back to the other episodes to, to follow through on, on what we've been talking about. And today we are going to be looking at the Amorites. The other giants, uh, one of the giants that are doing the promised land. And if you're joining us today anyway, we'll, this is a series that we've been doing about the enemies that Israel faced in the promised land. And each of those seven enemies, they, they were hindering the Israelites from re- receiving the promise that God had promised to them through Abraham many, many years of, uh, before they actually got there. And those same enemies, they manifest in a different way in our lives today. So when we think about the land of Canaan, the promised land, for us in present day terms, it means more like a place of, of maximized potential in our lives where everything is going according to God's plan, perfect plan for your life. But in that quest to become your very best, according to who God created you to be, you're always going to come against some enemies, some obstacles that will try to keep you from getting there. And so as we're going through these enemies in the promised land, they manifest in the present day in different forms. And as I've mentioned before, if you missed the first couple of episodes, be sure to get back to the the beginning and, and follow on from there. And as I mentioned, we're looking at the Amorites in this particular episode today. So our main scriptural reference has come from the book of Joshua chapter 3. I'll read from verse 9 to 10, which says, So Joshua said to the children of Israel, Come here and hear the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, By this you you shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites, and the Hittites, and the Hivites, and the Perizzites, and the Girgashites, and the Amorites, and the Jebusites. So as I've mentioned, these enemies, these were like real tribes of people that Israel had to contend with. But in the present day form, we still face those enemies in some sense. And I'm um, and I'm going to break it down with the particular enemy that we're facing today, which tries to keep us from getting to our place of total fulfillment in Christ. So the Amorites, um, they represent their characteristics. They represent people that had pride, and we're rebellious people. I'm sure you've come across people that come off, come off as arrogant or boastful, prideful. And that's a trait of uh, what this particular tribe represented. So it's more like each, each of those tribes that Israel had to encounter. They have some kind of spirit that they, uh, they carry with them. And those same kinds of spirits are what we fight against in our own lives today. And so with the Amorites, they were mainly characterized by a spirit of pride and rebellion towards other 
other people. So uh, when I was doing my research on the internet, I came across some interesting information, which I just want to read out to you right now about this particular tribe, the, the Amorites. So this is what it says. Amorite means pride and rebellion, uh, proud, boasting, bitter, and rebels. Okay, so it says the Amorites made their home in the thin air of the mountains. Amorite represents also haughtiness, self-edification, unforgiveness, and self-righteous attitudes. Now, if the devil doesn't get us drawn into unforgiveness, bitterness, and rebellion, he'll try to get us into being self-righteous. Well, I'm doing pretty well. I don't struggle with the same things that Bob or Sue struggle with. I don't know why you just can't get free of that problem that you've been struggling with for the past five years. I had no problem getting free myself. How come you can't pray an hour a day? I pray for two hours a day. You can't even get your life together and pray an hour a week. What's wrong with you? And these self-righteous attitudes come up. Um, I've come up. I've come into moments of self-righteousness. We begin to accuse, judge, and criticize because we're feeling pretty good about how we're doing. Um, there are times when we feel pretty good when we've been doing all the right stuff. And even in that, we're in sin because we're feeling pretty self-righteous about how well we are doing. Before we know it, though, we find ourselves looking over at brother or sister so-and-so down the nose and we're thinking, what's your problem? I've only been saved five years. How come you're not getting it together by now? You've been walking with the Lord Jesus for 20 years. So self-righteous attitudes come from pride, um, rebellion, unforgiveness, bitterness, and holding on to issues go hand in hand with pride too. All of these areas just mentioned can be summed up like this. You don't understand how much they hurt me. I can't let go of this. In the natural, it seems right. There's injustice all over it in the natural. I know people that are kept from their prophet, prophetic promise and destiny. And they'll never come into what God has for them because they have a problem with leaders. Yeah, this is actually a big one. When you have... Um, problems with relating with authority you hinder your progress in a very big way and unfortunately for some people they don't understand that dynamic because um whatever leadership structures are there in 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 life they are put there by god and uh what's important to remember even though you might not like the person in a particular leadership position your job is to honor the to, to honor whoever is put in those positions nonetheless because it is God's um, ordained office that he put in, in that place. So you need to honor the, the office even though you might not necessarily like whoever is in that particular position uh, that you don't like. So this is what you'll hear some, some people saying who are against their leadership. Well, I don't need to go to that church over there that pastor does even, doesn't even move in half the revelation that I move in. So who does he think he is trying to speak into my life? He doesn't even know what he's talking about. I'm healing the sick. I'm out there doing the stuff. I'm casting out demons. God is using me in power. I'm moving in the gifts of the Spirit, and I don't need to be in that church over there. I have way more than they have anyway. They are a dead church, and I don't need to be there. If they aren't going to let me do the stuff that I want to do. So I'm just going to do it over here. Who needs them anyway? I only need God's endorsement. I only need God's ordination. 
And the the sad part about, especially the last statement, where people say I only need God's endorsement. It's partly true, but at the same time, you also need uh, people right here on earth that you can that you can allow to speak into your life. People that you you need to submit to, because God does everything with a particular order. You know, He He might speak something into your life, yes, but He'll use other people around you to confirm uh, whatever it is that God has, has been communicating to you. So even, yes, though you might, you might be right about certain things that God wants you to do, but it still expects you to submit to other people around you that can speak into your life in line with, um, with what you believe God has, has spoken to you. So those are self-righteous attitudes. And by being rebellious against authority and leadership and being unforgiving when certain people have hurt you in, in life, those obstacles keep keep a lot of people from experiencing true freedom in Christ. It's uh there are there are, there are obstacles that keep you from fulfilling your true potential in Christ. And I'd like to read let me just read to you a couple of scriptures. This is in uh particularly related to to unforgiveness, but I'll also touch on, on the area of pride as well in another scripture. So if you've got your Bible with you, um, may turn to John chapter 20. I believe that's the scripture. John chapter 20 verse, um, verse 23. It says, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Okay, this this um, what this really means, if you for, if you forgive anyone of their sins, right, they are released from you. Whatever the pains and anger, it's also released from you. But if you choose not to forgive, those same maybe feelings of hurt and pain that you don't want to release, they remain with you. They remain attached to you. Though you might feel like you're punishing the person you're not forgiving, you're actually punishing yourself. And how you see this manifested, this particular scripture, because this is something we teach um, in our men's ministry, that the, the sins that you don't forgive, right? Let's say, for example, you had an abusive father or, or maybe a father who used to shout at you or who you saw maybe womanizing other women and you hated them for that, right? But in your heart, you never chose to forgive <coughs> that particular behavior that you saw in them. Because you refused to forgive him, though you you vow not to do the same thing. Somewhere along the line, you might actually you might actually find yourself now having similar tendencies. It might not be outright womanizing, but you might find yourself having affairs with um, other people's wives. And you start wondering, how did that happen? It's because of those unforgiven sins, which are passed down from generation to generation. And so think about your own life. If you are maybe in a place where you are holding unforgiveness against someone, think about how that could affect not only your life, but even the generations that come after you. So it's important to forgive. I think from that perspective alone, it uh, it's something to seriously think about and say, and tell yourself that you need to, to forgive. 
another scripture on forgiveness. If we can turn to Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 to 15, which says, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So, if, yeah, this is plain and simple and straightforward. Really. If, you want, if you want God to forgive you of your sins, he expects you to forgive other people when they sin against you. <coughs> um, if, you've, if you've read the parable of the... Um, there's a particular parable where there's a guy that owed someone a lot of money and he begged that master to forgive him of his debt. And the master did so. They forgave him forgave the guy his debt and cancelled it. But that very same person, when he found someone else also owed him money, he failed to forgive the person and instead of showing the same kind of mercy his master had showed him, he refused. And when the when his master got wind of that, he locked the guy away until he was able to pay back his debt. So the point really here is um, learn to forgive Really, if, if you've if someone's done wrong against you, if they've hurt you in one way or another, have the heart to forgive them. Ask God to give you the heart to forgive them. Because if you expect God to forgive you, you also need to be in a position where you're, you're constantly forgiving other people as well. So it doesn't matter what they may have done, but it's more for you for forgiving other people is more for your own heart and for your own peace of mind and sanity yeah so just just keep that in mind when it comes to unforgiveness and then when we talk about pride it's um like let me let me read the scripture let's turn to proverbs chapter 16 verse 18 Right. This is what it says. It says, um, Pride goes before destruction and the haughty, haughty spirit before a fall. Okay, let me just also read verse 19, which says, Better to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. And so before someone comes crashing down, normally there's a tendency to be prideful, self-righteous, as some of the character traits that I was, I was reading to you just now. So you, you need to be careful of, of such things because when you elevate yourself, um, you get to a point where God will humble you and reduce you to nothing. So you need to choose to humble yourself first and see people like in the light, in, in the way that, that God sees them. Don't see yourself better than any other person because yeah, God didn't create one person better than the other. He created us all differently, of course. But it didn't say this guy is more important than the other person. So first of all, you need to have a healthy view of yourself. Because a lot of the time, people that are full of pride, pride, they see themselves more than they actually are as as people. They think of themselves more highly than they ought to. And they then, as a result, look down on other people and see them maybe as inferior or less important uh, in the grand scheme of things. So... To, to to deal with all of that, right? 
first of all you need to acknowledge if you if you are struggling in any of those areas first of all you need to acknowledge the problem of unforgiveness and and the spirit of pride because those two things definitely will keep you from being maximized in your potential especially with unforgiveness if uh, you're going to be carrying sins from generations uh past they're going to uh, they're going to really limit the effectiveness that you have the the effectiveness effectiveness that you you want to have in in becoming the the person God created you to be so it's an unnecessary load to carry around i've had testimonies of people where who've literally felt like a weight was lifted off their shoulders after they chose to forgive someone Otherwise, all along, it felt like they were carrying a burden that was just so hard to bear. And all they just had to do was to to forgive. Because forgiveness, it's, it's a choice at the end of the day. It doesn't matter what the other person did to you, but it's a choice that you have to make for, for your own self, for your own benefit. Yes, it might benefit the person that you're forgiving, but more so it's for you. So that you are at peace in your heart and you are at peace in your mind as well. So choose to forgive. And then, as I have already said um, about pride, you know, you shouldn't look at, you think about yourself more than you ought to think you are. You might think you are better than you actually are. And as a result, you are looking at other people and thinking that they are less, infer less important or inferior to you. So to for this particular challenge, you know, I would say have the mind of Christ. His was to come here and to serve. And not devaluing himself, but um, having more regard for other people instead of focusing on himself. So find ways of being a blessing to other people, just like Christ would do when he was here on earth. That, that teaches you humility. And the, the amazing thing is the great leaders are people of great humility because they choose to serve more than they actually um, look at people serving them, if that makes sense to you. So have that heart of a servant heart, of servant leadership to serve other people. And that really, make, that really helps you to be, to be humble because in serving other people is an expression of... of um, of greatness in itself so yeah that's uh that's about the amorites and i hope this was a valuable lesson to you next week we're covering the final the final lesson and that's going to be about the um, what's the last about the hivites yes that's the last um enemy that we're going to be looking at so thanks once again for for tuning in and um, i'm hoping this has really been helpful to you and you take the time, if there are areas that you are struggling with, with um, this particular enemy, take time to really just pray about it and ask God to reveal to you those particular areas that you need to, to deal with and confront. But have the confidence at the same time that um, as, you, as you meditate on his word and, and choose to stand on his word, you'll be able to overcome uh, these, these giants that stand in your way. So don't allow them to keep them from fulfilling your, your full potential. You are more than a conqueror and you can do all things uh, through Christ who gives you the strength. So thank you once again. May the Lord bless you and keep you. 
may make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you, may lift up his countenance towards you and give you peace. Until next time, uh, take care and be the best that you can be. Bye.